Welcome everyone to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ray McKinley. Welcome to our podcast, Ride the Elephant, today. Really glad you joined us. We have had some great conversations in the last couple of weeks around presumption, projection, and how that leads to value judging. And Brian, you know, I enjoyed that conversation with you before about value judging, and we had some, I think, awarenesses that we came to a conclusion at the end. Why don't you say hi and tell a little bit about what was your takeaway from our last conversation about our topic? Hi, I'm Brian. I'm Dr. McKinley's son. I've been coming on to the podcast almost every week here to talk about the different elements in the book. And so, yeah, last time we talked about value judgment. I'm not so sure that value judgment comes from presumption or that presumption comes from value judgment, but that they are kind of related to each other. They feed into each other in maybe a circular way. You know, your value judgments, I think, are partly raised with. I don't know if we really talked about that too much. We talked about groupthink. And yeah, one of my main takeaways is that we're taught, I think, a lot of our judgmentalism, and we're taught how to project. We're given a set of presumptions by our parents and authorities and our friends. We tend to make the same presumptions out in the world that our parents would have made. And those presumptions go on, and people are blind to the way that they presume, project, and value judge until one day they are not. And they suddenly decide they're going to try to be curious and accepting. And my main takeaway from that is just everybody's doing this. So you've got to make the decision on your own as a lone wolf, because everybody's going to do it and continue to do it in spite of what choices you make. And you can lead a horse to beer, but you can't make him party. And you're kind of on your own in your value judgment quest. It's, yeah. it's hard to expect other people to stop. I'm really curious about this agreement-based relationship thing that you talked about, too. I feel like that is something we could talk about more. Okay. As Brian was alluding to, when we talk about value judging, we're talking about being judgmental, basically looking at the behavior of another person and seeing how they respond to a situation and us or how they're acting or how they're talking or what they're saying about other people. We have a tendency to uh, judge that and value judge it. And if it doesn't match our paradigm of what we would expect or what we would like, we become judgmental about it. And when Brian and I were talking about it last time, he said, what's the antithesis of being judgmental? And I said, it's, it's accepting. In fact, total unconditional accepting and love. Because we can mitigate value judging when we are totally unconditionally accepting of others. And he mentioned curiosity. And one of the things we look at when we're curious is uh, we start to wonder why a person behaves the way they do. Instead of value judging it, we wonder why. And then we can uh, maybe cut them a little slack and figure there must be a reason, something in their personal history that will cause them to respond the way they do. I think when we look at value judging and the antithesis of it being accepting, it behooves us to go into a conversation about agreement-based relationships. 
Agreement-based relationships, I think, Brian, what's important about that is, is that when you and I, you as my son and me as your father, we had an agreement-based relationship the first 18 years, 22 years, 23 years of your life. And that's basically, if you live in my house, there's rules of the home. You are in an agreement that as long as you stay in with this house, that you're going to agree to the rules. Now, that doesn't mean you have to like them. And that doesn't mean that we can have disagreements. And many times families have disagreements over the agreements that young people would feel like they don't want to be confined to. But as a rule, uh, agreement-based relationships are when we agree to be a certain way or behave a certain way, respond a certain way, take certain responsibilities and be accountable to the other person in the agreement. Now, granted, our agreement-based relationship has changed as father and son. As you've gotten older, moved out of the house and had your own family, it changes. And uh, then by design, we are in relationship because we want to be. And when we want to be in relationships, how successful would our relationship be if I was constantly value judging you? Which would you prefer, me value judging you in our relationship, or would you prefer me being more accepting of you in our relationship? I feel very accepted in our relationship, but it always wasn't that way. And in order to get your internal read on something, I have to ask you for it. So it, it is solicited. Because you're curious. Yeah. And you want to know. Sometimes. Yeah. And you want to understand why I'm responding the way I'm responding? Yeah. Sometimes I do the same to you. I want to find out why you're responding the way you do. So it's more of an understanding of each other where we have a conversation, but we don't start calling each other names. We don't start labeling each other. We don't have ad hominem attacks at each other. We are more accepting, more curious, more willing to have a conversation. Yeah. And I think that's what I would like us to consider in our relationships in our life, that we be more accepting. You know, one of the things that we're going to move into a little bit here, I want to move into, and it ties into motivation. And motivation is interesting because I find that most people are motivated by the approval of others. And I might, for lack of a better term, I might call it, call it an approval addiction, where they really decide they want to be a certain way or they act a certain way to fit in and to be approved of by the group they want to be approved of. They want to be approved by their parents. That becomes very important to them. They do things to get their parents' approval. They do things to get the approval of their teachers. They do things to get the approval of their peer group. They do things to meet the approval of their circle of influence, people they live with. So they really basically are making the decision to respond the way they do to circumstances in their life by wondering how the other people in their life would approve of them. Now, agreement-based relationships are, are interesting because a lot of times agreement-based relationships, there seems to be a need to win the approval of the person you're in an agreement-based relationship with. Well, I get yeah. that. But when the agreement-based relationship changes and you no longer have living on the same roof as I am, you now have autonomy. Are you still, as a young man or a young woman, seeking the approval of, of your parents? Or if you're no longer seeking the approval of your parents, are you seeking the approval of your friends? And is that what motivates you? Is that what motivates a person who is seeking approval? Is that the most important thing to them? 
What's wrong with that? What's wrong with wanting to be approved of? Yeah, there isn't people? anything wrong with it. It's a matter of if that's what you want. So, for example, the consequence of needing someone else's approval is this. I'm going to live a life that is based on someone else's beliefs, values, and principles. Because it's their beliefs, values, and principles that are going to determine how they respond to you as with approval or with not approval. So if I am going to seek their approval and want their approval, I'm basically saying what I really believe and what I really value and the principles I have in my life really don't matter because I'm seeking for approval. I'm looking for approval. In fact, the core belief you might have is I need the approval of the other people. Your value might be I'm going to hang around people that approve of me. And your principle might be I'm going to do whatever I have to to win the approval of others. So really, you're being influenced or being motivated by the fact that you want that approval and you seek that approval. In a sinister world, in the world where this breaks down and codependent relationships start, is when you, in that process of wanting that approval, that person knows that you want the approval, they know you're addicted to the approval, and they use that to control and manipulate you. So when you're motivated by approval of others, the person that you're seeking the approval of can use that and manipulate and control you in a way that may not serve you and may not be very fulfilling to you. I wonder sometimes if I'm really feeling good about myself when I'm living out someone else's beliefs, values, and principles. And I'm wondering what it's like to feel just good about myself just because someone else approves of me. I think there was a time in my life where I did feel that way. The most important thing was the approval of my parents. The most important thing was the approval of my teachers. The most important thing was the approval of my coach. The most important thing was the approval of friends. But I found there was an emptiness in that. And it wasn't very fulfilling because I was living out of beliefs, values, and principles of other people than living out my own. That's what I see as the risk of being motivated by the need for approval. So you're postulating to our listeners here that it's not fulfilling or it's not as fulfilling? I would as say as fulfilling because I think what happens is when you're living a life that's seeking the approval of others and that becomes over and over again your mantra is everyone says wonderful things about you. The problem with when everyone says wonderful things about you, you feel good about it. But what if they have a change of heart? What if all of a sudden they don't feel, they, don't, they are not necessarily agreeing with what you're doing? Now they can be value judging you and controlling you with their value judgments. Instead of totally unconditional acceptance of you, they are now evaluating you and being judgmental. Explain what you understand by that statement. Well, I see that that how a person's, like an authority or someone has, their approval is so important that it causes you to do things to please them as opposed to doing things for your own thought out reasons. So you're right. really living your life for other people. And it seems like Approval and disapproval are value judgments. It's a type of judgment. Yes. 
And so you're living. Most people don't realize that approval is a value judgment. Right. And you said it perfectly. Approval is a value judgment. The person approving you is value judging that they approve of you because the antithesis when they disapprove is a value judgment. So they're both value judgments. So if they approve of you and pat you on the back and you feel good about it that you got their approval, you've just been value judged. You don't know that. You don't think about that. But you just have been by them. And thank God you did, because if they didn't agree with what you did, what would you have got? You'd be on the outs. You'd be a loser. But I think that there's a lot of people who are going to say, that's just the way it is, man. That's because you have control over it and you've made it that way. It is the way it is because you've made it that way, because you have a core belief that I need the approval. And that's the problem. It's not them. They're doing it because you've allowed it. You can't blame them for causing the approval addiction situation. That's up to you. You've allowed that to happen. And it's because you have decided that it's easier to live out the approval process with them than to have your deep-seated, where you really critically think, what do you really believe as a person? What do you really want as a person? What do you hope to achieve in your life? All the things that you would motivate you, core beliefs. Well, you don't really have to go there because all you're doing is matching everyone's approval. How many people just do what their parents want them to do? And they're 20, they're doing what their parents do. They're 25, doing what their parents do. They're 30, they're doing what... There's a point where they get angry, but they've never been taught how to do it differently. So they just get mad and blame the parent. How disingenuous is that? That's not being honest. Because the honest truth is that you have a core belief that I'm going to just conform and go along and get along and be get approved of. And that's my feel good. When they pat me on the back and they nod at me, I know that I'm approved of. And then I'm full and whole. I would say you're not full and whole. You're an empty vessel being filled by somebody who's controlling you. So you believe that most people are going to run into this. They're going to have to they're gonna arrive at this crossroad at some point most. in life where the approval of others is not enough anymore. Well, so they, they got by on the approval of others mm-hmm. in high school by being a great athlete and a good mm-hmm. student. Sure. They got by with the approval of others in the workplace by doing what they're told, doing what's expected yeah. of them, living up to the agreement. Right. And the agreement based relationship. Sure. I know yeah. you say you're not talking about right and wrong here, but it's kind of like, what's wrong with that? Well, you yeah, use the word wrong. And what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, there's, there's, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with it. It's just that you're saying that, that you believe that eventually that person is gonna. Well, what happens is I'm, I'm just not seeing the 20 year old do that. I'm not seeing just the 30 year old. I have 55 year olds I've seen do it. I have people in my office that are 55 years old that are doing it. They're still relying on the approval of others. They're still having an approval addiction. They need to be, they need to get the pat on the back. Yes. Or the job, hey, well done. Thanks yeah. for doing that. And these are not self-directed, self-motivated people. These are other. These are being motivated because they they want the pat on the back. And if they leave at the end of the day and they don't get the pat on the back, they feel slighted. Okay. And unfulfilled. I'm seeing a duality here. You're saying that there's self-motivated and other motivated people, and motivated people by are... the will of others, which is basically the approval of others. What do you call it? We call those people. Conformist. Conformist is a good word. 
a person who has an approval addiction. An approval addiction. In other words, they're addicted to approval. They want it so much they can't break the pattern. They cannot break the pattern. And I know that they can't because I see them at 55 years old not breaking the pattern. And they have a tendency to surround themselves with other approval addicted people. And they have this wonderful codependent relationship going on where they just pat each other on the back all the time. The word addiction is good because I think that there's the blindness aspect makes sense with that. How do you get to self-motivation? It's good. It's good to be approved of. It's comfy. So what is the thing that would really cause a person to wouldn't think be, self-motivation? Wouldn't it be better to have approval from others and be self-motivated? Can you have both? Can you? I don't, I yeah. don't know. It's, yes, you can. It seems that way, yeah. Yes, you can. There's a transition that needs to take place. And when you realize you're doing it just for the approval of others, then there comes a time when you say, hmm, what about me? Why don't I start living out my beliefs, values, and principles? See, when you're in an approval addiction, you think the only way you're going to be accepted is, is to get the approval of others. We already talked about the antithesis of value judging being total unconditional acceptance. So what if you had surrounded yourself with people that totally accepted you unconditionally, no matter what, and it had nothing to do with you winning their approval, had nothing to do with them, then you mirroring and matching what they would expect you to do to earn their approval, and they accepted you just the way you are. See, I think we have a responsibility as parents to transition from being the approving parent to teaching the young man and the young woman how to be self-directed, how to be self-motivated through the feeling first that I'm totally accepted just the way I am. I don't have to do this to meet my dad's approval. I don't have to do this to meet my mom's approval. I don't have to do this to meet my friend's approval. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. And I'm, I believe that I'm totally unconditionally accepted by them. First of all, you have to be totally unconditionally accepting of yourself before anybody else is going to be totally unconditionally accepting of you. And then when you are and you have that feeling and people respecting you for who you are as an individual, allowing you to be vulnerable, allowing you to be real, and allowing you to express who you really are and who you really want to be, where you start conjuring up your core beliefs that are other than meeting the, my belief is to meet the approval of my parents and friends and teachers. No, I want to do things that I want to do. I want to do things that bring value to me. It might be bringing value to other people. See, now you're doing it for a different reason. Now you're doing it to bring value and contribution to other people. You're not doing it to win approval. You're doing it because you want to make a difference. That's a core belief that causes you to act differently. There's a sense of fulfillment that comes when you start contributing to others' well-being. And you're motivated to do that from within. Not to get approval, not to get accolades, none of that. You know, one of the great studies done recently, and I, I, and I kind of wish I could pull a study out, but it went something like this. The article had something to the title with it, The New Volunteerism. What is volunteerism to the millennial? Volunteerism used to be, before the millennials, definition of volunteerism, was to do something for the betterment of another person, to make a contribution to the life of another person. You really had nothing to gain 
the only person I had to gain was the one you were helping. And that felt good that you were able to take of yourself and make a difference for another person. That was pure volunteerism. Now, the millennial volunteerism is, I'm going to volunteer because it looks good for me. It looks good on my resume. And everyone will look at me, wow, you are so wonderful. And you start getting approval for your volunteerism. That's a total different definition of volunteer. There should be a different word for that. It's not purely volunteerism as it was years ago, when it was just done because you wanted to make a difference in someone else's life, never getting credit for it. It used to be volunteerism was nobody ever knew who did it. A lot of times it was anonymous. Not anymore. No, we're going to get a placard for it. We're going to put it on a resume and it's going to make us look better. In fact, the educational system today is starting to recognize that and starting maybe making that more important than even the GPA or an SAT to get into college. The level of volunteerism you do. The colleges are now approving that as a way to get into school. We've doubled down on the approval addiction that we got from parents. So now the next step is the approval addiction that we see with the educational system. Is that really how we want to be motivated? That's a heavy, heavy thought. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, there certainly is a lot to unpack in what you just said there. And it seems that the vanity issue in our modern culture does not help this self-motivated thing. We're even more motivated by vanity and external forces than mm -hmm. ever before because everything is published online. Even our private lives are like published right. online. And so there's this quest for vanity. Yeah. You're suggesting that there's something more profound and, and maybe even it's a little bit old fashioned, but like doing things for the right reason right? is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Instead of doing it because I want to get credit for it, which what's wrong with a person doing something for someone else and getting credit for it? There's nothing wrong with it. Well, it's so much ingrained in our culture that it's acceptable. And I'm saying in the end, it's an empty vessel. Yeah. It's really hard to see this. Like it's all well and good, but it just sounds like it is confined to like the campfire, like a, like family and friends around the campfire. Like this is some kumbaya approach to life. Like we're all going to sit and find out what we believe, not what other people told us to believe, but what we truly believe deep down. That like doesn't matter on a sports team or in a high school or with your teacher or with your coach or with your boss. Like that, it's all about be the best, dress to impress, do what you can to fit in. It's just. Here's the piece yeah. that I want you to get from me at this point. I have no problem with you earning the approval of everyone you want to get approval from. I have no problem with you going to get volunteer and getting recognized for your volunteerism. That's all wonderful. Okay. You should do it and love it and soak it in. I'm not yeah. saying that you should stop doing that. However, I'm just asking you to pause for a second and be aware what you're really doing. You're abrogating your own core belief sizing principles to appease and please societies, your parents, your peer group, the colleges, 
You're doing it because of that. And you say, okay, I know I need to do it. And you really, in re reality, Brian, you probably really need to do it. However, in the end, is not creating self-actualizing experiences for you. They aren't. It's creating this experience of interaction with this group of overseers of you that's kind of laying down the approval process and the things that, that you will be measured by. There's no authenticity in that. You are now becoming a conformist. Steve Jobs famously said, don't take on the dogma of your academics. Don't take on the dogma of the institution, the dogma of the teachers. And he said that because everything you have at this point has been dogma. Now, if you believe it deep down in your core and you critically think it through and say, this is what I want to value most in my life, it might mimic and look a lot like what used to be dogma. But because now you own it, and it's now an inward perspective, it's no longer dogma, is it? Because now it's authentically you. So I'm asking people, if they want to be authentic, want to be real, look at these values, look at these things that are people that are placing on you as expectations and out of conforming, and decide for yourself if that's who you are. Because if that's who you really are, you're no longer conforming. You're no longer living out the dogma of others. So what motivates you? The dogma of the others or your own core belief values and principles? Me personally? I'm asking all the everyone to ask himself that question. Yeah. And you personally. Well, it's a little bit of both. I think that I am motivated, but I'm not a dogma guy. I kind of second guess and question everything. But I definitely, there are contexts where I, I am trying to conform or please people and their motivations for that. But it's hard to tell sometimes what is the real me in, you know, in situations where I'm kind of trying to either not offend someone or please, you know, kind of be a conformist. But when I'm a rebel, or I'm questioning dogma, that's me. I know where that's coming from. It seems to me, we keep talking about authenticity and kind of being true to yourself, being the real version of yourself. So are you saying that, that people trying to motivate you is a disruptor to being your real self? Can be. So when you're afraid of not being approved of, when you're afraid of disapproval and when you're afraid of value judgment, right. is that getting in the way of being vulnerable and authentic? Yes. And is there a time and place for vulnerability and authenticity and then a time and place for approval? approval? Yeah. Yes, there is. In all these situations, Brian, we're talking about a dichotomy. It isn't black and white. And I think that's where we can talk about it from a black and white standpoint. And that's what we're doing. We're saying, this is this, and it's bad. It's not, you want to avoid this. And this is good over here. You know, this, this is self-motivation is good. And this approval addiction is bad. No, it's not that simple. Okay. It's a continuum. In other words, I look at it as a scale and I see a scale of one to 10. And maybe one is over on the side of the approval addiction side. And over here is self-direction side, over here on the 10. 
And I would say there's parts of the day in certain situations that I'm maybe a one or two. And there's another situation where I'm an eight or nine. I might be around my parents a one or two, and I might be at work an eight or nine. So it's not so simple to say, well, I need to drop this, the ones and the twos, and be the nines and the tens. It's not that. It's about being real and authentic and saying, where are you? It's saying, I am here. I would venture to say, through my experiences and the experience I've observed in others, is being on the blue side is more fulfilling than being on the red side. The red side, the one and two area, is where we're motivated. The blue side is where we're inspired. And there's a huge difference between those two words. Motivated comes from outside. A coach motivates, a parent motivates, a boss motivates. Inspired, the root word, the root word is in spirit. In other words, I'm inspired because it's in my spirit, which means it's in my soul. It's where I'm being authentic. So I'm inspired because what's inside me. What's my core belief? What's my core value? What's my core principle that inspires me is different than a core belief here that I need to be approved of by everyone in my life. And I've surrounded myself with people who give me that approval. I say it's time we all make a decision that we start surrounding ourselves with people over here which have a more blue response to us and accept us just the way we are, totally and unconditionally accept us. Not value judge us, not be judgmental. Why is approval value judging? I can see where disapproval is value judging, but why is approval value judging? Well, approval is like they've taken a rubber stamp with a star on it and put it on my forehead. And they said, I approve of you, stamped. Right. And then you walk around with a stamp on your forehead with a star that you've been approved of. That's a different feeling. You can prance around and show off your star on your forehead, or you can be motivated and inspired from something deep down inside of you. That's a choice we all will make in our lifetime. My grandchildren, your children, I want them to feel that from the inside. I don't want my kids walking in to see grandpa with a star on their forehead and say, grandpa, look at the star on my forehead. I want them to come to me and say, grandpa, this is who I am. I want to tell you a story of something happened and it's real and it's authentic. If they critically think it through and they aren't doing it because they're getting the approval of grandma and grandpa or their parents, they're doing it for an in reason inside. And that's the thing that's so important that we recognize that. And until we step back and look at that, that life is a continuum. Life is this continuum that we're on, this dichotomy, the red side and the blue side. And you know what? On a scale of one to 10, I've been at the one and two, and I, I celebrate when I get to the three. I, I celebrate when I get to the five. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to the seven because I've not been there yet. The reality is this is a, a goal, uh, something to aspire to, something that, oh, actually inspires to get to a seven, get to an eight. And you know what I, what I found the best way to get to a seven and eight <laughs> is to teach it. Teach what a seven is and teach what an eight is. Teach it to my kids.
teach it to my grandkids, teach it to the kids I taught in school. I teach them what that is. You know, when I taught it, I understood it, even though I didn't really match it, <laughs> but I understood it. But in just teaching it, I found I inched up the scale a little bit each time. So throughout a lifetime of 70 years, in the last half of that, I can say with some feeling of a sense of achievement and accomplishment that I've slowly moved up this scale from a more red behavior to a blue behavior. And it's a great feeling to have. That's what we're talking about here. And this is one of the dichotomies, the approval versus acceptance, which leads to six more dichotomies after this. And we don't have enough time to get into all seven oh, today. Wow. And what do you say to a young person to start them on this journey? I come into the classroom and I'll ask the students of anybody. I'll ask the person that comes in and works here. Okay, tell me why you got up this morning and came in here to school today. Are you here at 8 o'clock in the morning? Why are you here? Well, I, you know, I, I you know, I'd get in trouble if I didn't come to school. What do you mean you get in trouble? Well, my parents would kick me out of the house. Well, you know, I have to come. You know, I get in trouble. I get grounded if I don't come. So all their motivation for coming to school was all expressed by saying, I need their approval. Yeah. I need their acceptance. The fear of their disapproval. Yeah. yeah. You know, I went through student. I went down the row. Student after student after student. They all had the same school. answer. They all had the same answer. They all built off the previous one. Yeah. You know, and finally I got to the 14th one. And this happened every year. One year it was 10, one year 14. But a person said to me, she looked at me, Dr. McKinley, I am here because I want to be an orthodontist someday. And in order for me to be an orthodontist, I have to graduate from high school. And I need to graduate from high school with good grades so I can get into a college that I can then get into, get good grades in college, and then I can get into dental school. So this is a process that I need to go through to get to where I want to be. That was a different answer, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was not, I'm doing this because I'd get in trouble. I'm doing this because my parents would make me. I'm here. I got up this morning. I climbed out of bed, put my feet on the ground, not because I had to, because I wanted to. Yeah. So when you start putting your feet on the ground in the morning and getting out of bed with a want to, instead of a have to, you know that's a transition occurring. And what motivates you? You are gone from motivating by the consequences of not getting out of bed versus motivated by what's in your spirit, which is to be an orthodontist. That is where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. I would label that as a vision of a dream. So you're saying that one of the best uh, ways to inspire is to is for someone to vision envision yeah. dream Absolutely. dream coming true. However, I would agree with that. If it starts with a vision, it starts with having that goal or that desire or that vision. But there's two types of people when the, who have a vision. One is they wish that it'll happen, and they hope it'll happen. Right. And there's the one I am. I'm gonna go and become that. I am going to be an orthodontist. Right. Big difference. Yeah. You know, she didn't say, I hope to be an orthodontist someday. 
She said, I am here because I am going to be an orthodontist. Yeah, this is a step in the multi-tier stairway that I need to take yeah. to become my orthodontist. Hmm. That's a whole different thing. So what do you do to try to move a person from this place of being motivated by approval to inspired by something inside? It begins with one thing, total unconditional acceptance of yourself for who you are, just the way you are, and being surrounding yourself with people who feel that way about you and give you that. The greatest gift you can give your boys right now, Brian, is to give total unconditional acceptance to them and love them no matter what. That doesn't mean you can't be a good teacher. That doesn't mean you can't give them good examples. That doesn't mean you can't be a good agreement-based relationship leader. You still have to have agreement-based relationships. But loving them and totally unconditional acceptance is the greatest gift you're going to give them to start creating that seven dichotomy process that we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks and how that will transform from motivation to inspiration. Many people just think, like to throw the word out there, I'm inspired. However, it's so easy to see the wish in that that I hear in people's voices. It's so easy to hear the hope in that that I hear in people's voices. A wish and a hope is not motivation. I have to be careful with that because hope in a Christian sense, in a religious sense, has a different meaning. So I want to be careful about that word. So that is, in a nutshell, any final thoughts? Uh, this is really interesting. This is a lot to chew on. A lot to chew on, and it becomes more interesting as we get to the other dichotomies. Cool. Are you excited? I am excited. All right. Well, I can't wait to get there, too. I hope you, all of you are excited to join us next time and be thinking about between now and next time, are you approval addiction? Are you living out the life to meet the approval of other people? Or are you totally accepted just the way you are, and are you more inspired? This is a question that we want to unpackage for your own well-being. And remember, there's no wrong answer. There's just a place on a continuum and an opportunity to have an understanding. Hey, thanks for joining us again. This is Ray McKinley, Ride the Elephant Podcast. We'll see you next week. Can't wait. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymckinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week.